initiate startup process. Now, all the way live. Hey, yo, <laughs> y'all know what this is. Jamming the most hip-hop and R&B. I want to introduce to y'all. Infamous. Call your friends and tell them it's going down now. It's going down. Woo! You understand that? This is live. Let's go. In five, four, three, two, one. Like I'm ready to go. And I know I am. We are. Mm-hmm. The studio right now putting together a good and mob album, man. Yeah. You know what I'm we ain't playing with this. No, you know, we, 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 we definitely look forward to it. Uh, once again, we're live here. Uh, Boom Bap Nation. I'm your host, the Infamous Hour. This is the Infamous Hour Live. There's actually a Zoom link in the chat. If you're watching right now, you can uh, jump in and ask Goody Mob a question. Cool, Joe. Um, Hip hop catapulted uh, just ridiculously. You guys were in the immediate forefront in the Atlanta hip hop scene. Uh, what 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 was the underground scene like in Atlanta though? Before we actually got a hold of what what it would become when we first saw the Dungeon Family come out. Man, man, it was a lot of brothers that came out before us, man. And um, and I know Gip and T can attest to this, man. You had people like a group I used to listen to called the um, the A Town Hardheads. You know, mm-hmm. what I'm saying the Hard Boys. Coming straight out of coming straight out of Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you had like Kilo Ali that was coming out, you know what I'm saying, out of Atlanta. You got Raheem the Dream, you know what I'm saying? You got uh, Mojo, you know what I'm saying? You got Damage, you got Success in Effect, you know what I'm saying? Hey, you even got Chris Cross, you feel what I'm saying? So, and you got Ghetto Mafia. I can't forget about Ghetto Mafia. You feel what I'm saying? So, those people definitely uh, came before us. <clears throat> it was just fortunate enough that. That um the face records was on deck also, you know what I mean? So that helped catapult the southern that helped catapult Goody Mob to every to the whole world. You feel what I'm saying? Because that was a major record label when those names that I mentioned, you know, they was on um independent record label. They were still making noise around Atlanta and was on the radio before we were even on the radio. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gip, in your opinion, who is credited as like the first, you know, hip hop rapper fr- from Atlanta? I-, I saw a documentary. It was like the evolution of hip hop. It, um, Mo- it was Mojo. Mojo just said Mojo was the first hip hop rapper that got on the radio from Bankhead. Bankhead Mo- Court. Mo- 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 Mojo. So the the style though w- was very super hip hop. Um, w- was that kind of the culture at that time? Because it sounds so much different now. Uh, looking no, at no, it, no, 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 no. no. No, see, see, you gotta understand. We, we, the Dungeon Family, we took up the 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 label of hip hop. Yeah, you gotta understand. We grew up on Luke Skywalker King. We, yeah. I grew up on Magic Mike. Mm-hmm. I grew up with wanting certain bass in my car. I didn't want you to rap a lot. I just wanted bass. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I grew up different. I grew up. We we grew up different. You know. And then in Atlanta, like you gotta look. People used to laugh at our culture. Like we didn't we didn't ride trains, we had cars. Mm-hmm. We never rode trains, we had cars. So we wanted music that was in our cars. So with that being said, it's like our culture wasn't the street, our culture was the strip club. See, that's the reason why right now Southern hip hop will never die. Mm-hmm. We'll never die. You know why? Because strip clubs are never die in the South. Never. Or anywhere. So at the end of the day, I never need kids in Atlanta. Never need the radio. Mm-hmm. We go to the. We can go to Blue Flame, Magic City, Strokers, at any strip club in Atlanta, and break a record. 
And that's the, that's the reason why Atlanta would never be tamed. That's the reason why they'll never stop Atlanta, because we don't need nobody to push our music. And I think that's the difference with being, you go to L.A., you got to be top 40 to get on the radio. You go to New York, you got to have that bag. Here, man, you can record a song, go to the strip club, and throw $15,000, you got to hit record. might wind up on the radio, make it rich. And, and break it, uh, Atimo. We hear so many stories about the legendary dungeon studio where where a lot of the music was created. Ciphers were happening. Uh, give us a little bit of insight on, on on this studio and the creation process, and how ultimately the Dungeon family was uh, formed. Oh man, the creative process was awesome, man. I, at that particular time, when I when we went over to the dungeon, initially it was me and Cujo Goody going over there trying to complete our first street album, mm-hmm. and you know we wanted to get. A couple of a couple of new sounding beats, new sounding tracks from organized noise, cause we heard what they had and it sounded good, and we knew they were working with TLC, and you know they were connected. So we went over there, like I said, initially going to get two tracks. We got two tracks, and they were okay. You know, they weren't the best thing that I, I ever heard before, but I had love for the, the process. I had love for the family, the camaraderie, the brotherhood. That was, I mean, that was immediate. As soon as we walked in, it was like. We had been there already. We had already done this before. I mean, it was it was a, a total acceptance. So yeah. uh, I can remember, you know, me and Cujo at the point, we were trying to shop our music. We were getting close to getting a deal. And Rico was like, yo, man, if y'all could just hold on, man, I might have something at the face. Mm-hmm. Me and Joe talked about it. Like, man, yeah, you know, I think they might have something here, man. Let's just go ahead and just see what they, what they can do. So, you know, I mean, just... Us being together from the ground up, man, with outcasts, seeing them coming in from school, you know, rapping, everybody coming in downstairs, you know, just spitting verses back to back to back to back to back. Mm-hmm. It, it was it was destined, bro. It was destined for this to happen because we were some of the first. Right. We were some of the first, guaranteed, man. Nobody thought it was fashionable to rap from Atlanta. Everybody thought if you weren't from New York or if you weren't from L.A., then you really couldn't rap. You know, and that's mm-hmm. because we had never been on the map before. Mm-hmm. And that's just the truth. I can remember going to clubs, man, trying to, you know, doing like pass the mic contests and everybody in the club rocking to somebody come up with a New York accent. You, you, man, you just the business, bro. You the business. Yeah. Thank it. Love what you're doing. As soon as you come up there with a Southern accent, everybody just start looking off and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a disconnect immediately because why? We have been promoted on that level before. Yeah. So LaFace gave us that opportunity to be promoted on that level. And so we, we you know, we, we bang it, man. 25 years later, we're still here. 25 years later, Cool Joe, we are still here. Now, obviously, how important was lyricism to you guys and, and to the Dungeon family and to just you three in particular when creating your, your records? Especially, you know, now lyricism doesn't mean nothing. But, I mean, you guys, every record, it was, it was dope bars. It was uh, soul content mixed with funk. But just when it came to just being a lyricist, was, was that actually important to you um, during the initial uh, come up? And, of course, now in 2020. Man, you know what? We we came from the era where we were still writing on paper. You know what I mean? So that was always something beautiful to see. Just you fill up a, a page, man, with something that you can put to put to music. You feel what I'm saying? So <clears throat> I don't I don't think that process right there, you know what I'm saying, would, would never die. You feel me? But we just from the we from the nineties. You know what I mean? We from that, we from that in between that era. Of, of different genres, you know what I mean? So I guess we was able to reach forward and reach back 
and being able to coming up in, in hip hop period. And plus everything coming from New York. And it was, you had some lyricists up in New York. You know what I'm saying? You had Big Daddy Kane. You had Rakim. You had Chuck D. You had LL. You know what I'm saying? You had a lot of lyricists coming from up that way. So I just think that we was just telling our story, man. Just telling some country rap tunes, man, down here in Atlanta, Georgia. And then getting with organized noise. And them boys knowing what music is, knowing how to how to take samples and, and replay stuff and make it sound like something totally different and have a sound. Man, it was, it was just, man, it, it was destined for, for Atlanta to get put on the map because the South was already established with Ghetto Boys, mm-hmm. Luke, Magic Mike, I mean, Triple Six Mafia. I mean, the South was already locked down, 8-Ball and G. It was just, people was just waiting on us. Okay, let's see what y'all going to do because all they heard about people from the South was, all they know about is just booty club rap and strip club music. But when we hit them across their head with cell therapy, we split them right on open. We let them know that, hey, man, the South had something to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, Paul, the term uh, the Dirty South, uh, we've heard it. It came from many different places. But, you know, I've heard from some people that, you know, Cool Breeze invented it on the Soul Food album. But where did this mm-hmm. term exactly come from, Dirty South, that uh, we use till to the day? Well, it comes from my home, but it come, comes from Cool Breeze, East Point Greatest Hit. It was like uh, we we was last the last songs we did on on uh, Soul Food was was Cell Therapy and Dirty South. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And uh, we we had just got down to that record, and I was just like, "Wow!" Like you know, what do you think, Reed? He was like Carl Cool Breeze. Cool Breeze came up there, he did what he had to do. Then we I jumped on there, and B jumped on there, but. It was something that he always that was that, that was his one thing, the dirty south came. I think and I think that I think it um he really didn't even know how how big it was yeah. when he said that. You know what I mean? We didn't we didn't know that it was gonna last this long. I mean, after we said it, it has become the moniker and the and the and the aka the south, yeah. the dirty south, you know what I mean? So it's like with that being said, it's like you never know when you're doing legendary things until after it's done. You know, so with that being said, you know, we just wanted to make sure that people respected us. So you got to understand that, you know, once we did, when we made Southern Players and Cadillac music, we would listen to Big Mike album, I'm So Serious, and we would listen to 8-Ball MJG. So we made that album, like, with, with nothing but the South in our mind. But one thing about it is that to us, Big Mike was a lyricist. Mm. Big Mike was one of the finest lyricists out there. To me, he was he was as good as Big or better than Big during the time when they was in the same category. Mm. So you know, you gotta understand. For us sitting in the crowd at that at that, that Source Awards, that's what really put a, put the batter in our back. Like when we got booed that night, we were like, "How we get booed and we platinum?" Oh, it's where it's, it's about where we from. Mm. Okay, well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to beat y'all ass for the next 10 years, and ain't nobody going to outsell us. And that was the real deal. Like The only people that could hang with us during them times was J-Dem. Mm-hmm. Well, nobody, well, nobody putting up nothing. Outcast, the only group that ever sold more records every time they put out. Yeah. Goody Mob is another group, only group that ever had four, pe- four people in it. And, hey, man, like I ain't seen no group that can go up against mine. 
And I, I, I don't think we that. have uh, to this day. Uh, Tebow, 1995, the debut album, Soul Food, uh, bombarded <laughs> everywhere. I mean, up north, down, didn't matter where you were. Cell Therapy, we had the, the title track, Soul Food. Uh, what was the creative process uh, behind putting this album together? And is it difficult to work with multiple people when creating a record? Like, you know, some guys are solo artists, but as a group, do you find it easier to function in that way when creating a body of work? Um, I would say it's just a different way of functioning. I wouldn't say it's easier. You know, um, creating a soul food project, man, was was, was a was a beautiful occasion, man. It was our first attempt at coming together as a four-man group. You know, we were we we recorded, we rented out Curtis Mayfield's home in southwest Atlanta, and we moved in together. Everybody slept on the floor, slept on the couch, and we banged out hits. Every night we worked in the music in the studio every night, every day, all day. It was beautiful, man, just to have that opportunity to, to bond with my homeboys at a time like that. I thought was not only important, but it was happening, you know what I'm saying? So it, it was a great, it was, it was great. I ain't gonna lie, man, getting in there, it was organic. We didn't know how to come, we didn't know really exactly what we wanted to talk about. You know, we really were just coming together, like I say, as a, as a group. For the first yep. time. So it was all new to us. But it was something that we all wanted. We wanted to be together. We wanted to, to rock together. We wanted to get on the stage together. And we just, like I say, I guess our subconscious knew what we were supposed to do. And we got it done, man. Yeah. Uh, we're live right now, facebook.com slash Nation. I'm your host, the infamous Amadeus. This is the infamous hour live. Shout out to everyone in the chat right now asking a bunch of questions. They ask about organized noise. and, and But one of, the, one of the questions that I've seen uh, in the chat, I, I guess I'll ask the three of you. We'll start with Cool Joe and we go around. Uh, whenever we create a classic album, we all have like a favorite record. Like, you know, the fans would be the single. Uh, my favorite record was Thought Process, which was track two with Andre on it. But uh, uh, each one of you, what was your favorite song? Like, you know, we all have our baby on an album so which record would that be for you guys dang boy you might have took the words out of my mouth man i was just thinking about that thought process today man uh i would say thought process for me and it, sometimes it might change but thought process for me man that was the first time i had ever freestyle man and, and recorded it everything else i was used to writing you know what i'm saying it's just whatever but when you have a when you have a group and you're in a group and you got somebody coming before you and they putting it down so hard, you know what I mean? It's like you ain't got time to write. You know what I'm saying? I can't write this cause my kinfolk just snapped. So it's it's time for me to go, it's time for me to go ahead and take it to another level. And I think that man, that particular song right there, man, let me know, man, that hey, you know what I'm saying? I was I was able to do a freestyle and record it, man. And I hadn't done one like that. That's the only one that I've done like that. Like literally, a freestyle the record. Literally like that. Now I hadn't done that before ever. That's the only song I've done that on. Wow, only one. Everything else straight wrote down. Straight Everything wrote down. written. Yep. Get uh, on that album. Uh, what is your favorite personal record? Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know what, man. I, I I gotta I gotta do I gotta go with cell therapy because cell therapy it 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 woke the world up man like think yeah, about this no, it man cell therapy is the only record that came alive twenty five years later and showed you what the cell therapy was mm-hmm. it gotta be cell therapy I feel you. I feel you. Timo we have a favorite record on this album 
Yeah, I, I, my favorite record, you know, I, I mean, I had many favorite records on the album. I love the whole album, Bell, but I guess I'll say the one that connected me, you know, dearly is I didn't ask to come. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. I talked about my yeah. own King Bean. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, I jumped that thing off, you know? So, yeah. That's one yeah, that was a beautiful record. Yeah. The fans in the chat, they're also asking about this Watch for the Hook record. Obviously, it's it's not technically a Goody Ma Rest, a Cool Breeze record. But I, listen, that fucking beat is fire. I'm going to have to edit this out later. That beat is serious. <laughs> that beat is serious. So, so how, how did this record come out? And obviously, you guys were pushing what would be, quote, unquote, a new member of the Dungeon family at that time. Man, the thing about that, and I'm y'all my brother's going to answer too, man. Because you hear us. You hear something in the background, it sounds like it's saying brother man, mm-hmm. but it's actually saying southern man. You know what I'm oh, saying? Southern so I'm man. Saying southern man. So I'm thinking that, you know what I'm saying? That's one of those elements of hip hop, man, is just making that song that's just bling like that. You know what I mean? And then just that we was helping our we was helping our homeboy Cool Breeze. You feel what I'm saying? Helping mm-hmm. him go to the next level. Like like any other um any other group would do, man, when it's time to drop a new record with another with another member, man. So it was just, man, that we was being team players at that time, bro. You know what I mean? And it's just the, the Dungeon family, man, is like a force to be reckoned with, man. Coming out of Atlanta, Georgia, man. Yeah, watch for the hook, but you better watch for it. Now, that was a super amazing record. Now, the second album still standing. Uh, the cover artwork. T- to me, it looks like we, uh, me and Gip were talking about the moonshine a little uh, little while off air. Uh, <laughs> Gip, is this what the, the cover artwork displays? Is it like a moonshine type of thing? Or or what was the concept behind the cover? Uh, the concept behind the cover was just us saying, yo, this us. Like, it ain't going nowhere. That's why I said still standing. I'm like, we ain't going nowhere. Like, we knew we weren't going nowhere. And then if you go back and you, you listen to some of them songs, like that album there, we was more off the chain than even the first one. Right. You know, like you, you got the Black Ice, you got you got so many other records, you got uh, uh, They Don't Dance No More. Like mm-hmm. it's just so many records. Like we started so many trends with that. Like you got to understand, like when it come to who was tearing up the club, who started crunk music, Shit, the Goody Mob started crunk music. Oh, no, the, the, the Goody Mob and, and Triple Six Mafia. Yeah, Triple Six Mafia and Goody Mob. Because when Goody Mob dropped, they don't dance no more. Triple Six dropped, tear the club up, mm. tear the club up. And bro, when we was on tour, the club got tore up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so for me personally, them two records during that time, that that solidified the South. That showed us that we was off the chain. We weren't we weren't gonna dress like nobody else. Mm-hmm. We weren't gonna do our music like nobody else. And we did not want samples in our music. I think that's what people don't understand. See the difference between the Dungeon family and everybody else is that the Dungeon family has rapped on their own music for twenty five years. Mm-hmm. Everybody else been rapping on samples. See, we different. We 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 didn't create our sound on samples. We created our sound on real drum, music, bass, mm-hmm. guitar. That's what we did. Like literally. So like so 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 now 25 years later when everybody who used samples in their music ain't getting no money, Dungeon Family, we cool. We good. Mm-hmm. Cause we did we 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 always wanted to do us. And that's the reason why we got such a pushback from the establishment. Because bro, I didn't you gotta understand about Atlanta. We didn't grow up with nobody but black people. 
So our conception of what the world, what we've been seeing rich black people all our life, we never saw nothing that we seen the freedom fighters on Cascade, mm -hmm. the Youngs and everybody that was with Martin Luther King. That's why we made the music we made because we had to come back and, and give it to our elders to say, is this good? Does this represent Atlanta the right way? That's why we always made music like that. We could never make music like the West Coast because we because we had elders that didn't approve of that. Could never make it like New York. We had elders that didn't approve of that. So everything we had to do had to be real homegrown, Southern, and understood. That's what Bit Mama taught. Mm -hmm. And that's the reason why the music can last so long. Because we didn't come in with no hip-hop mind frame. We came in with a music mind frame. With lyricism as the back as the as, as to bag that up, right. so that's the that's the reason why I think that, you know, we got so much backlash up in New York because we we wasn't about to do it, we wasn't about to bow our heads, we didn't understand the hierarchy of people. Mm -hmm. You know, these people run music, these people do this. We didn't understand none of that. All we understood is this: what we do, this how we do it. If you don't understand it, fuck you. Yeah. And, and it was a completely different sound. And I mean, the second album w w was praised, um, Timo. I, I think you guys got four mics in, 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 the, in the Source magazine, if I'm correct. Rolling Stone gave you guys rave reviews. And not for nothing, I mean, you guys almost had like a damn near a full blown like rock song on, on this thing. What was the name? It was one of the last records. It was, uh, it was just over. Just over. Just about over. Just about over. Just about over, and, and you, and of course we saw Run DMC do that before. But I mean, you guys technically, you know, could be considered the guys that kind of invented this merging. We see Little Wayne doing a rock album. We see T Pain doing rock. Um, was it a daring process or like a leap of faith to create a record like this that was just so uh, left from what we've heard from you guys previously? Man, it was so natural, man, because we had been on tour with Fishbone. And we had just been around that, that environment so much and on the stage rocking every night, touring, doing shows every night. We just felt like some rap rockers, man. You know what I mean? That's just how we felt. And, you know, we, we, we pulled out, you know, the guitars and, and showed them our versatility. Mm -hmm. Let them know we can get on anything and go hard. And then it don't matter. You know, it don't have to be no hip-hop beat with the 808. We don't need the 808. We call anyway, acapella you want us to. You know what I'm saying? Anytime to this day, it don't matter. You know, that's just that's how we stay. We stay ready. You know, we're ready, man. We, we on deck, bro. For real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, cool, 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 Joe. Uh, so we had basically three albums that came out in a, in a matter of three to four years. Uh, and then we had a gap after that. So I believe it was like five years to the next album. And then the, the following album was almost 10 years. Was this label obligations to put out albums so quickly uh, with you guys, with the three initial albums? Oh, I don't really think it was label obligations, man. I just think that uh, just life, just life happens. You know what I mean? Because in the midst of us, you know what I'm saying, established, establishing, um, you know what I'm saying, Southwest Atlanta, East Point, you know what I'm saying? Northwest Atlanta, you know what I'm saying? We 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 got grown on the way up that way. Mm. You feel up? We had families, you know what I'm saying? So, of course, you, you got to slow up and attend to that, you know what I'm saying? But that don't mean that the music stopped, you know what I mean? So we were still, we were still like bass hibernating. We were still, we were still stacking up music just for this time right now. Because it, it, they say it's a, it's a pandemic and it's a quarantine, so we got music especially for these times, you feel what I'm saying? So, yeah, it was gaps in between. 
it was gaps in between um, uh, World Party and, and um, Age Against the Machine. I mean, yeah. we did we did the one month and don't stop no show album. That's because we had to we had to keep going. <clears throat> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We couldn't we couldn't have a gap in our career like that, and then have nothing to show for those times. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I feel like every every album is like a time capsule for us to make up from where you hadn't heard from us in the previous years. You know what I'm saying? And then hopefully the things that you do hear from us at this time can still last on up to the next album because we were dropping solo albums too, putting out solo music. In between. And doing features on, on, on other people's albums. So we were still manicuring our craft and still putting music together. That's why I feel like we still we still sharp at the age we are right now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So you, you got to have that experience and that wisdom just to be able to navigate during the times on how the music industry is. But sometimes it's up, sometimes it's down, sometimes it's just a straight line. You know what I mean? So it's it's just about having your shield and your sword ready and your helmet on tight. You know what I'm saying? So you can weather those storms. Yeah. Uh, Given your opinion, I mean, you guys were active during the quote unquote East Coast, West Coast, you know, drama. I mean, they consider South the South, but at the end of the day, Atlanta is technically on the East Coast. Uh, How did Atlanta stay out of this um, cascading drama, but ultimately come out on top? Because, you know, the East Coast, West Coast thing kind of eliminated both coasts and and Atlanta was able to come out on the forefront as the leader of of hip hop. Now, we was we was friends with everybody. Like mm-hmm. our first tours was Outkast, Good and Mob, Craig Mack, and Biggest Small. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So then you now, uh, you know, Tupac was always in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Like we was cool with the Death Row, we were cool with Pop, we were cool with with Dash, Corrupt, Snoop. We were cool with everybody, and it, and it was like I just think that you know during them times, especially that Atlanta was the was like the 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 meeting grounds for both of that that that, what, that whole situation. You got Suge Homeboy got killed at Jaguar. It was a lot of the incidents that was happening between them was happening happening in Atlanta. Yeah, it was. So you know, like we all what was going on because you know Puff was over here with us with Reek them and we was with you know Death Row. We knew Suge. We knew everybody. So you know, Pac loved us, and um. I don't know. It was just a trip. I remember when Pac called us to the studio that night, man, and me and Timo went, and Joey went down there, and, and that man played hit him up for us. And then we were like, damn. But we never got in the middle of it. We just, we, I know we was the first people to hear Us and Lisa Lopez was the first people to hear that song. Mm. So, you know, for us, I was just like, damn. He said that shit so hard. And then we we knew Big, you know what I mean? So, it was just like, damn, man, there's two partners that ain't got into it. We got to stay out there. And then, you know, when, when Big got shot, we were there. We went, we, we, we walked right, went over there, hollered at Big. We by ourselves, puffing them, partying in the, in, the, in the shit. We walk outside, Big, Big sitting in the car. He stopped us. Hey, get what y'all doing? I said, well, we about to go, mm. about to go to the Outcast Platinum Party. Mm. He said, we waiting on Puff to come out. Bro, we got to the party. They say he got killed. You know what I mean? Same thing with Pop. You know what I mean? So it's like with us, man, we just always been right there, friends of both situations. But once the killing started, man, you know, the killing was going on everywhere back then, man. That was the 90s back then, man. Yeah. That was, you know, it was front lining back then. You know, all this shit soft these days. The police all in this shit. Back then, 
that shit was the wild wild west, man. Yeah, the, it was only you know what I mean. So, yeah, the, the, the super the super wild wild west. Right now, if you're watching right now, we're live on Facebook.com/slash Boombat Nation. We're also live on Roku. This is the Infamous Hour live. I'm your host, Infamous Amadeus. I'm taking questions in the chat. Um, Tebow, he, he spoke about how real things were during this Tupac Biggie East Coast West Coast thing. Here we are in 2020, and it's like street culture doesn't matter anymore. It's weird. It's spooky. We have uh, guys that are able to rat and go number one for some reason. Uh, what do you think this is? Do you think that uh, the industry in general doesn't care about hip-hop? I mean, hip-hop is always street culture. So, And, 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 I, and I love when they say, like, uh, like you know, they don't talk about it no more. If you listen to any record, they're talking about the same thing, just in different uh, contexts. It's like, you know, even when you're hearing a bouncy record, he's somebody's letting the Draco off. Like, So it's like, where did the relationship between the streets and hip-hop go, in your opinion, Timo? Really, man, I think it went, man, to the bank, man. Uh, the whole thing Jesus is... Christ. I think being led by the, the American dollar more so than the art right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think, you know, that's that's the base behind the kids talking about the Draco. They see it, I mean, when you got groups like Amigos and all them, they, they sell a whole lot of records and make a whole lot of money and sell a whole lot of diamonds and you know, a lot of success, you know, dangling the full face. People, people go, you know, want to chase that type of fame. And, and I mean, that's understandable. If you're a child and you broke, you from the hood, and you see, your, you know, somebody who is just like you, you know, make it out and, you know, make it out with that type of extreme success, then that's going to be, you know, your motivation. You know, you look at somebody else, you know, that, you know, that may not have that same type of glitz and glamour, and, you know, you might respect it. But that ain't gonna be how you gonna want to pattern yourself in the music industry. You gonna, you know, it's become very commercial, and mm. commercial is is all about the money. You're selling something, mm. so it, it really more so concerned with trying to sell records right now than trying to, you know, promote culture. Yeah. You know what mm. I mean? And that's where we come in. That's our love. That's our heart. You know, that's that's why we do this to promote the culture. You know, we never really we could have easily made music about selling drugs and yeah. about. All that time. I mean, come on, man. You know, we 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 all been grew up in the same type of environment. All of us did. No matter who you are, you got color skin. You did. You know, what I mean, you ain't you ain't no billionaire. You you know, you if you're a millionaire, you were lucky. But back then, it wasn't many of us no millionaires. Now it's a whole lot. Yeah. A lot of people making money right now. And like I say, it's it's all driven, you know, by what's going to be successful, which is all driven by this hidden agenda. Yeah. But I ain't gonna talk about it, you know what I'm saying? A time, a time. Uh, uh, Kujo, yeah. as a veteran uh, OG of of the Atlanta hip hop scene, uh, are we receptive to the younger generation of hip hop artists in Atlanta? I mean, a lot of guys are kind of are still rapping. You know, little baby, he he's spitting. He just got auto tuned behind him. Um, are we receptive to 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 the younger guys? And and do you feel uh, a, a a, a need as one of the seniors of hip hop. If you see a guy making a mistake, to pull him over and say, "Hey, you can maybe do this better." Man, you know what? Yeah, I love what the young. I love what the young guys are doing, man. I love what little baby doing right now. I love what uh, Gunner doing right now. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I love what Moneybag doing. I love what I love what the youth is doing with the culture. It's just what it is. It's youth. You know what I'm saying? They have they having a good time. Yeah, they have been fun. You know what I mean. And that's what you're supposed to have. Why you a youth? But you also should have some type of understanding. Also, 
which some of these young artists, they do. You know what I mean? They, they're not dumb at all, man. You sit down and talk to them. They know what the hell going on. You know what I mean? Prime example with Lil Baby with the song that he dropped. The bigger picture. You know yeah. So he like he he observed what was going on. He put it down and he decided, to, you know what I'm saying, to um to to, to offer it to, to the hip hop um, culture and see what they felt about it. So I definitely applaud them, man. I don't have nothing but love for them because they coming hard, man. They doing they doing different stuff, man. Like in one bar, they got like four and eight phrases in one bar, man. You know what I mean? So it's like it'll rap you though. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. But I mean, I love that, man. And if 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 a young if one of those young cats like Amigos come to me and ask me for some advice, hell yeah, I'm gonna give it to them, man. Cause right now, that's that's showing respect because they're at a place right now where music is where you can make a lot of money, like T said, with streaming and everything. So they're definitely reaping the uh, the benefits of uh, the people that uh, came before them. So I'll be honored if if one of those cats like that come to me and ask me, like Joe, what you think about this or Man, how y'all do this, or man, man, why y'all went this way? So yeah, yeah, man, you got to keep that um that bridge with the youth, man. You got to do that. Yeah, <clears throat> it'll, it'll always be like that, King, with us because see, you gotta you gotta also understand with Dungeon Family is that future is Dungeon Family. Mm. Didn't know future got this on his own. Mm. You see what I mean? So at the end of the day. After the dungeon, then Future started, he started a whole new wave. Right. We can't have nothing. We can't have nothing but love for everything. Man, Thug, man, Thug, one of the most talented young dudes out here, bro. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell you the difference between Atlanta artists and everybody else. See, you come from L.A., you got to rap about gangster shit. Yeah. Come from New York, you got to be. Uh, I mean, they made Jay Z. They made Jay Z the best, so I guess you got to rap like Jay Z. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, where we from? Ain't nobody the best. We everybody style counts. Nobody ever be the king. We all king. See, it's just the difference of how we grew up. See, the difference between Atlanta, New York, and LA. Is Atlanta? We raised our kids. Everybody else, they 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 turn their back on. Them. Yeah, to the wolves. They turn them to the wolves. That's yeah. the reason why. If you think about it, everybody that had power in New York sold out. Moved to LA. You left it all for another culture to control it. Now it's all about money. Because if you think that some of the, if you don't think some of the most powerful people. In New York, ain't behind that six nine. Of you course, crazy. I mean, of course. Okay, of course. Okay, we know, like, we know like, what's going like, on. I've never seen a rapper get t- who was the aggressor get turned into the victim. Then I ain't never seen nobody buying cars from the federal pen. All kind of. You see a girl? Come on, man. In New York, the police and the record industry is the same. It's not like that in the South, King. Ain't ain't. It, it, it ain't no big Jewish community here. Ain't no big Italian community here. We ran this around here. So it ain't none of that. You couldn't do none of that here. You couldn't pull that off here. Couldn't pull that off in L.A., but you mm. could pull it off in New York. No. Because it's about big money. And, and they knew one thing about 6 9 he had what 50 had. He had that, that instant shot. You know what I mean? 
And and that's money. They 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 let Bobby go to jail when they could they should have kept Bobby. But we gonna see Bobby gonna come home possibly get a good check, get a good single. Shit, be with Rock Nation. She get some jewelry. He be mm. all right. this hip-hop now it's just that at this point you gotta know man it's entertainment no it it it, it is and i want to i want to kind of ask you this question that timon cujo could ask the same thing but you know you know you guys were always lyricists Always, yep. like, like, always, he even did, to this man. day, like, who just have your record is bars. Uh, get my always respect you for your bars, Timo. Same thing. Um, but, but do you think that the young guys uh, don't feel a need to express themselves in a lyrical capacity? But more importantly, you know, we grew up. I grew up in the '90s, so you know, you know, our our, our artists were the reporters of, of what was going on, and they painted very vivid pictures. Um, our artists in general, not only in the South, just everywhere, are they making a mistake by not expressing themselves to the time? Yeah. I, th- I think it's the era we're living in, man. They, the drugs change. <laughs> we we wasn't, you know, I knew about the, the purple tusk and the yellow tusk. That was Pimp C times, you know what I mean? But once they went into the lean and then the yeah. purple Sprite and all that, hey, man, I'm out the door, man. You know what I mean? The, the, the opiate pills. Mm-hmm. That's why you getting this kind of rap. Remember, man, the dope, the, the, the drugs and changed in hip-hop. So with the drugs and change in hip hop, you get a dip, a whole new sound, man. Like you gotta look, man. I ain't never seen this many in one generation die with overdoses of shit. That's true. So you gotta keep, you gotta look at that and say, okay, if I'm high, I can't rap a lot. You know what I mean? I can give you a goddamn five or six. Like perfect example. First time we ever saw the young cats go in the studio, they say, turn the music on, uh, boom. They they say two three word cut it off. They listen, cut it back on. It was the most. It was extraordinary to me because I had never seen nobody put no verse down like that. You know, we from the old school. Mm-hmm. You know, sixteen ball baby, mm-hmm. where your balls at? They don't look at it like that. They like man, look man, we we fucking with me- instead of us fucking with lyrics, we fucking with melody. Melodies, melodic rap. So that's why that's why they beating. Anybody right now, it's just like now. Kendrick Lamar, he might be the biggest rapper on the West Coast, but don't nobody want to be like him. See? See? The, 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 think about this in hip-hop, man. Anybody that represents the good is never looked at like the people that represented the bad. It's never. Bro, What you know what I mean? So with that being said, hey, man, you got to understand what you here for. See, Goody Mob always knew what we were here for. We here to represent the South, show people what our upbringing is, make Big Mama happy, and, 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 and make King happy. We from the home of King, man. We can't do nothing. We can't do half the shit these folk talk about. You know what I mean? These folk came out here and made themselves drug dealers and this, that, and the other. And yeah, the white people liked it. They loved it. That's why they applauded it. But the people that brought you the the real knowledge, we get banned. Our first video, cell mm. therapy, banned MTV. Well, y'all let all the dope talking go and the game banging, but y'all say we banned. So when I tell kids, hey man, we always gonna be the freedom fighters. We ain't supposed to have a billion dollars because we don't know them people. Mm. We supposed to be true to us, and as long as we true to us. 
we outlast the system. And guess what? We outlasted the system. Timo. <laughs> that boy answered every question that that we had so 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 fellas so we had so we literally had a nine-year gap between uh the one monkey album and uh age against machine uh why did we have such a long gap uh timo between the two albums um you know i think everybody just kind of wanted a break everybody kind of wanted to just try to see what a solo life would feel like you know everybody you know, Gilt went and hooked up with Ali, me and Cujo did the Lama Jacks. Yeah. See doing a solo album, you know, and, you know, we just all just kind of wanted to just try something new, which was respectful. We men, you know, and, and that's that's part of life, mm-hmm. allowing your friends and your brethren that, that creative space to, to do what it is and be who it is they're supposed to be. And I ain't no hater, and none of us no haters. So we were all yeah. congratulators. Love to see it come, love to see it happen. You know, um, we all did some different things at that time. Like I say, me and Cujo put the Lumberjacks out. I put a solo album out in between mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. Me and Cujo uh, bought a beer company. We owned a beer company for a p- amount of time. Um, right. you, know, we did all those things, you know, we did the album with Pastor Troy, remember? So what now? We did the album with Pastor Troy, ATL Legends. Yeah, did. With Pastor, Pastor Troy, Troy joint. You know, I had a studio downtown. You know, a lot man, it was still good. It was still moving. Just wasn't it wasn't commercial at that time because we didn't have a machine behind us. Mm -hmm. That's all it was about. You know, the face when the face, which you got, you know, a a billion dollar machine behind you. Right, facts. So it's a difference. Yeah, there is a difference. Uh, uh, Cool Joe, twenty twenty. Um, and I've, I've been asking all the guys that I've been having on here, all the legendary artists, uh, the same kind of question. Um, you know, you know, media only covers a certain amount of people. They, they cover the young guys. They cover this. But, you know, is media making a mistake not covering legendary artists still continuing to put out bodies of work? Um, DJ Premier told me one time that your, fan, your fans don't go anywhere. Your fans are still here. And it's like kind of like the 90s, quote unquote, fans are still living in the 90s. Um, are we making a mistake as, um, you know, reporters, DJs, radio stations? by not continuing to promote uh, the legendary artists? Now, I would say so, man, because in them legendary artists' um, lyrics, you know what I'm saying, you got wisdom in them. You feel what I'm saying? So that's, for a minute, man, that's that's how people were being taught, man. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Through the, through the music at one point. You know what I mean? So, I mean, I know it's I know it's different stations, man, that can do golden holes and all that good stuff, man. But yeah, I think I think you're doing a uh, hip hop a disservice, man, if you don't if you don't go back and dig and go back to the to the to the ones that that that, that started for you. You know what I'm saying? Like I was naming those guys. I mean, even though they was from New York, but at the time they came to my middle school. They came all the way down to Georgia from New York to let my school know that hey. We got an album out, man. Check us out. You know what I mean? So, I, you know what I'm saying? I can't forget that. You know what I mean? That's that's a part of my hip-hop, you know what I'm saying, my hip-hop culture right there, man, for them people to come to my school and to influence me enough to where I'm sitting with two of my homeboys right now that we created a body of work 25 years ago. And like you said, our fans, they ain't with nowhere. They just got, they done got wiser right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. We still got, we still got smoke for them. We still Mm -hmm. got, we still got perspectives on how we feel about things, on how, 
how the world is going, how hip hop is going. And I think our fans want to hear that. You know what I'm saying? And we'll be doing them a, a disservice to not keep, you know what I'm saying, putting out music, just like rock and roll. You see them boys up be up there, they about 65. They're still 70. going. They're still going, touring, everything. Well, I don't care nothing about it. I'm talking about I got a, you got a guitar right there, man. I'm talking about killing it, man. So I think um, hip-hop should be just like that, man. That's just rap and roll to me. Rap and roll, wow. That, that, yeah. that, round of applause. Yeah. That's the first time I heard that. Uh, Gip, last week I had Busy Bone for Bone Thugs and Harmony here on Boom Bap Nation Live Interactive Series, The Infamous Hour. I asked him about verses. He had his opinions on, on verses. Uh, Goody Mob, uh, if there was a verses or if you guys had to get into a situation, let's say Goody Mob Dungeon Family, who in your opinion would be the perfect opponent if there is any? The only people that could really, uh, I'm to tell you the truth, Wu-Tang. 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 Dungeon Family and Wu-Tang. Fuji's would be great. Wow, Fuji's. Because wow. we was on tour together. <laughs> so, so, you know, they got Lauren, we got CeeLo. They got they got Pros, we got Timo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we got Joe and, Joe and Gippy, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't know, you know. I, I just really feel like this, man. Like, couldn't know. I don't know too many crews you could put the Dungeon family again. Yeah, it, it, we 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 indeed too much. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if if we just tell we tell little fella to break down and just bust one of his songs, I mean he gonna kill any hip hop record over there on the other side. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's like it's a lot of we we connected to so many big records. You know what I mean? When you really put it put it put it together, like Grill sold nine million records. Mm. You know what I mean? Crazy sold nine million, ten million records. Below, uh, shit, love below sold eighteen million records. So when you talking about real hits, man, how many people can really come up against us, man? And then if we was able to take it to the stage, ain't nobody fucking with the Dungeon Family on stage. That's a I, lot I, of records I, in I, it. I, who you go get, bro? <laughs> That's a right, different right. amount of records. Uh, uh, Timo, I mean, he, he mentioned he mentioned a lot of records. Uh, 18 billion on crazy. Do you think we'll ever see an artist sell that many records again? Um, it it kind of seems like the the industry is designed to make the music more direct to consumer, but is it really designed to sell as many records as we once did? Um, it it depends on it depends on your yeah. presentation. It yeah, I can't do it. That's my person. I think it all, it's all depend on how you want to bring it. You know, if, yeah. if you take the time and package it in a, in a in a way that you want to make money off of it and sell it, then it, you know, sky's the limit. Yeah. To me, the internet gives you an opportunity where there is no limit. You yeah. got a person. We're living in a time where a person can make thirteen billion dollars in one day. You know what I mean? A regular human being mm-hmm. can make that type of money in, in one day. You know, so sky's the limit. You'd have told Jeff Bezos 10 years from now, he'll be the richest man on earth. He might not have believed you. He might not have believed you. You know what I mean? So and he did it. He did mm-hmm. it, man. And, you know, I don't limit no I no I don't live by limitations. I don't mm-hmm. live thinking that this can't happen or anything can is possible. There's mm-hmm. all it's possibilities and probabilities. Now the probabilities might outweigh, might not weigh up as the possibilities, but the 
the possibilities are endless, man. They are there. Yeah, cause you still got to look at songs like what's that that song called the Gunja, the little the little Chinese dude that was doing the little Gunja. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he was like yeah, Vietnamese like, something like, like that. Like, Little records like that come out of nowhere all the time and sell 25 million records, and you might not never see them again. <laughs> and you'll never know. And he got, he got a bag and he got out of here. He got a bag. He got a bag. No, he got, a, he got the only bag. Yeah. No, he got the only bag. Uh, once again, we're live right now. This is the infamous album. Your host, the infamous Amadeus. We're live right now. Boombapnation.com. Shout out to all the fans in the chat. We're also live on Roku. Uh, fellas, you know, final two or three questions. Uh, Kujo, you know, we often, we often have top five conversations. In New York, we have, like, our set guys who are, you know, top five always. You know, we have Big Nas, Hove, in the West Coast. They have Ice Cube. They have this. In Atlanta, though, in, in the general community of Atlanta, like, who would be, like, the top five there? Now, Andre 3000, obviously, is always in the conversation nationwide. But but who else besides him would just be in that super uh, lyrics uh, conversation when you talk about top five? Man, boy, you put me on the spot with that one. I mean, this is infamous style. This is what we do here. Atlanta, too. Oh, you put me on the spot, man. Uh, There's a lot of lyrics in Atlanta, though. It is. It is, man. And I'm going to have to, uh, I'm going to definitely have to go with now top five. I'll maybe say top 10 because this is a lot. Definitely something that I'm probably not not mentioning or not saying. Yeah. I just said, man. Um, I gotta put I gotta put baby up there, the little baby up there, because he's doing his he's doing his thing, man. I mean, mm-hmm. he's really he's really stepped up as a as a lyricist, I say. Yeah. You know I agree. Saying? And uh and coming from where Gunner was right, because he admitted Gunner was writing his lyrics for him. You see what oh, I'm really? saying? Oh. Yeah, he had admitted. Yeah. It just keep it real like that. And Gunner, mm-hmm. he's a he's a good artist too. He just I feel like he's like on a on a Drake type level, but he's still deadly with what he's saying. You know what I'm saying? And there's plenty of other ones. Like I said, Moneybag, yo, he be killing that thing, man. Young Dolph, he be killing that thing. You feel what I'm saying? I mean, it's it's a lot of young, it's a lot of young brothers out there, man, that's just doing some crazy stuff to this this production that that the producers are laying. It's like it used to be where the production is outweighing the, the MC. Mm-hmm. Now it's like the MC is just murking the production right now. And I just said those names because you know what I'm saying? They um I got four boys around here. Yeah. You know so, so they listen and they they be on they be on, they be on the new stuff. I mean it's some it's some it's some names that I'm probably not even naming right yeah. now. Now I would say lyricists. Yeah. Two chains. One two of chains. Chains two. Yeah, Change one of them. Change two. Cypher, Cypher Prince. Saha. 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 Saha got one. Who wrote 25 of Kanye hit records. Mm-hmm. Atlanta Pen. Yep, there it is. A lot of pen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I would I would say I got to say uh B.O.B. one of the one of the one of the lyrics. Oh, B.O.B. is dope. True. B.O.B. one of the lyrics. Street, street lyricists, Pee Wee the Long Way. Pee Wee the Long Way. Yeah. What, 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 um, what, what about this kid that allegedly like wrote records for Drake? I forget his name. He's from Atlanta too. Yeah, um, you talking about uh, Miller? Miller. The, Quentin yeah. Miller. Quentin is, Miller. Is he is he in any sort of conversation? I mean, if you think about the records that he wrote, I mean, you know what, man? Like he got caught up in he got caught up in the whole the, the whole Drake 
meat meals. Yeah. So, you know, so you think that that hurts he, what he did? He, let me tell you something, bro. Like this, is how I look at it. Like twenty five years when we came in, we thought you had to be the best, right? But now that we twenty five years in, even the ones that they say the greats that had ghostwriters, a lot of them. 90%, a lot of them. 90%. A lot of the one. I'm talking about the one, the same one they want to holler in the top five. Mm-hmm. They've had ghostwriters. Yes. So so for me personally, that's when I know that, man, this shit ain't about this shit ain't about it's been not being about that. You know what I mean? It's been about working more and more with the label so they feel more and more involved. involved. And the ones that got further were the ones that had the label conversations and mm-hmm. cut the label in and you rose up to be bigger than other people. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But when you really look at it, hey man, Drake the best, the best to ever do it. I don't, he the best to ever do it. Nobody stayed that hot that long. Nobody. I, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, when it comes to the hotness. You can't say Hope, you, you can't say Wayne, you can't say uh, Dr. Dre. Nobody has stayed number one longer than Drake. So stop it all, hip hop. Stop with the bullshit. Drake, the number one record. He the number one rapper in the game. Nobody will ever catch his number. I don't see it. You keep trying to talk about other people, but they ain't sold the records that that man has sold. And if he had ghostwriters, what's make him the different, any different than Kanye, Hove, and anybody else they want to put at the top? Everybody had ghostwriters. So at the end of the day, hey, man. Drake the best. He learned y'all game and beat y'all at y'all game. Period. He he made more money in lesser time holding a hundred million dollars. He in a hundred million dollars. He did it in less time with no help, with no Beyonce. Nah. And he just dropped three other hit records. Hell, the two college, the two college singles. Just went gold. Yeah. And his new shit with Lil Dirk. With Lil Dirk. It's a hit record. <laughs> his drink with Lil Dirk. It's but a hit record. It, it, it is. Uh, uh, Timo, but to piggyback off that, I mean, we come from a day and age where a lyricist had to actually write his lyrics, right? So so, so with Drake in particular, yes, w- w- would he be considered more of an R&B type of artist? We know R&B guys don't really write all their joints. Like We know Neo wrote a bunch of joints. We know this guy wrote a bunch of joints. But just as a legend, right, when it comes to lyricism, coming from an age where lyrics was important you know do we still give him the same respect as everyone else knowing that he didn't write all his rhymes we didn't know Kanye didn't write all his rhymes uh, you know school that we from Gip is going in I mean Gip man, but the school that we from Gip is going you about writing your own rap you know what I mean so you want to write your own rap you cheat you know what I mean but hey I respect. Now I respect. All right, that's the that's the business. He sold records. He hot. He relevant. He did it longer than anybody else. From that perspective, oh yeah. But like you see, you see why he did it uh, so, longer than everybody else. He didn't do it by himself. Yeah, in the world, he could have hung on that long and had that much to say in that many different ways without some type of assistance. You know what I mean? So it's it, a respect, man. Salute the man. The man hot. The man fine. The man smart. That's what I was saying. I was like, hip hop. Let's get off of it. Everybody talking about it's about the money. Then the man and beat whoever you talking about in your top five. The yeah. man is swept all five of. 
quick and fast. It's like stop with that 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 that, that regional shit. Let's yeah. be straight up by the book. The, has that man outsold everybody? Yeah. Has he had more number one records than everybody? Yeah. So stop it, man. Just stop the nostalgia. All I be wanting people to do is be honest. Give his feeling it. He, he feels the shit. He's honest. like, you know, he, he's dedicated hip-hop for life. Round of applause. Yeah, I, 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 I just told dude the other day, he said, why you feel like that? I said, bro, I'm a, I'm a purist. He feels that shit to the I, core. I, I'm, D, I'm DJ Premier, man. I'm, I'm group home. Yeah. I'm yeah. that hip-hop. Mm-hmm. I'm like that. Like, like that's what I come from. Like digging in the crates, crew. Diamond D. You had to you had to write this. If you wanted to be in this culture, you had to write it and you had to be about it. Now, when they start putting NRs in there to bring ghostwriters in there for the to help the superstars keep remain uh, in the top five, then okay, all right, cool. Man, you know, we never had that, bro. We ne- we never had that. So it's like shoot, when you when you when you when you talk to me about it, I'm like, man, everybody you talk about on your list, I don't care nothing about. Cause I don't they, care they nothing about. You know what I mean? Because if they ain't write it all, I don't, you know matter. what I mean? I don't One thing I didn't know, didn't nobody write Tupac lyrics. Tupac wrote them lyrics. Tupac was super aggressive. Yeah. That's all I'm saying, bro. When I'm talking about the greats, the greats pinned it. Curtis Mayfield pinned, pinned it. it. That's that's just all I'm on. If you talking about who got the most money and who got the most career, hey man, you know this shit, this business. You get with the right folk, man, you be in the right room tomorrow. You know what I mean? So with that being said, it's like, hey man, what are we? If you Goody Mob is the only group from the South that had the best live performance for five years straight. When couldn't Roots touch us? Couldn't the Fujis touch us? Couldn't nobody touch us? Mm-hmm. And still couldn't get a cover. <laughs> Round of applause. Uh, Kujo, people in the chat have been asking, are we going to get a new Goody Mob album? Are we going to get a new one? And, and they were also asking, like, the third album, I guess, only had uh, three three of the four, and then the other one had all four of you. But are we going to get a full uh, Goody Mob album? Man, yeah. Yeah? Yep. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. And it's our best album since Soul Food Still Standing. So, 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 what kind of uh, sound are we getting on this? Are we getting the classic Goody Mob? Are we getting a combination of what we're hearing today? Like, where are we in the spectrum of music when creating music in 2020 and you know moving forward? Man, this stuff that see we're in the, we're in the, we're in the saddle again with organized noise. Okay, so we're yeah. back in the box. They producing the whole album. And this thing, when I tell you, man, this thing is galactic, man. I'm talking about this some Millennium Falcon type music, man. You know what I'm saying? Some of that Han Solo and Chewbacca type, man. Uh, Boba Fett type music, man. So it's definitely going to blow you out the water, man. It's definitely going to reflect on on the times. It's definitely going to reflect on the times. Yeah, the, the, most, the, the best thing about this album, King, is that we at home. The last two albums, I think, we did in distress. Yeah, you know what I mean. We was uh, the, the last album we did was Age Against the Machine seven years ago, which dropped today, uh, seven years ago. Uh, oh yeah, that, that did, is true. Ronald Pulse for that. You know what I mean? And Outkast yeah. debut album dropped today too. Yeah, the ATL. That's right. So 
what it is is we was out in LA. We was doing a tele, we was doing a good and mob television show on TBS. Mm-hmm. We was in front of the we was doing a Vegas show with CeeLo at at Planet Hollywood. You know what I mean? We was doing a straight up Vegas show. And we was trying to record our records between Vegas and LA. So it becomes diff- it becomes difficult to get in a comfortable space when creating. Yeah, man, it was it was real. It was it was it was a uh, it was a task because yeah. we was we was we had to record, we had to perform on the strip, and at the same time trying to figure out exactly where Goody Mark even 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 where we even landed at that time because you know. CeeLo on The Voice, we doing a TV show, TBS. Yeah. It was just a lot of stuff going on. Oh, and I think that the reason why this album is so good is this the first time that Gip Home, after 10 years, I've been, I was gone with Nelly. I went and moved to St. Louis. I mm-hmm. went to LA. I went on to around the world with Nelly. Mm-hmm. I was in and out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, Lowe was doing Nas Barkley. He was in and out. And I think this is the first time that all four of us was I'm able back. to sit back down with organized noise and really put a record together like how we used to. And with the matrix and with everything that's going on out here in the world, it was almost like God was like, it's y'all time again. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's y'all time again. The money and whoever got all the money and all that don't even matter no more in this new world. That, that don't even yeah, matter. That's just a facade. It you know what I mean? What I really matters right now is what's real and what's not. And one thing people gonna be able to hear when they hear this album, ain't no ARs in there, ain't no record companies in there. We again got to go into the studio and do what we naturally do without somebody telling us, do what they doing, do what they doing. I think they got something cool. Damn what they doing. We doing what we doing. Cause that's why hip hop whack now. Because you got a lot of folks that got that's in power. Just making nature and trace trends instead of saying, "Here goes some money. Go do what you do. Whatever you do, we that's what we behind. That's not the game no more. They that's the reason why it's a disconnect between the OGs and the younger people. They did that on purpose. What they did is said for us to disconnect the older generation from the young. We're gonna pay the young generation six, seven million dollars as soon as they sign. So what it is? So now you got a young cat walking the room with the OG. He like shit. I got more money than you. Yeah. Well, I'm listen to you. That's designed. The respect That's level. Designed. Wow. That's designed again to keep our, our 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 community disenfranchised by the money. And don't listen to the OGs. If they ain't got the money, you got why you listening to it. And then if you only listen to people because they got money, then I mean I ain't never been into money. I ain't make music for money. So I, your heroes and people you follow, I don't even follow no way. You know what I mean? So with that being said, that's why right now it's so important for Goody Mob to come back because Goody Mob is going to show you that it's always going to be a difference for what we do and what everybody else do. Everybody else do it for money and they corporate, period. Because that's what they, for. if you in New York, you corporate. That shit got to make money or you gone. You in LA, that shit got to make money. So with that being said, it's like, hey man, people need healing right now. It's nothing that bravado rap, drug dealing rap. It's like it's, I, I listen to a lot of this shit going on. I'm like, yo, man, you can't recreate the '90s talking about drug dealing. Man, Wu Tang still here, man. Yeah, 
And this is a different time now. I mean, we know a lot of these guys ain't really doing it. Like, I mean, come on. Let's, you know. It's not the same no more. Just it's be just real. not the same. Like, like, I'm tired of the, 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 they trying to recreate Ray. You can't recreate Raekwon and Ghostface, nah, man. Do that. You can't you recreate can't Goody Mob either. Yeah, so it's well, like. Dungeon Family, none of that. That's why right now for DJs, it's imperative that you play the ones that steal in tune. Because one thing, I feel like us as grown men, we're more in tune with this culture than probably any grown men from New York or L.A. Why? Because our kids are running shit right now. Mm-hmm. So Southside, that's my nephew. That's nephew. See, the, beat, future, the, the, the producer. That's yeah. mm-hmm. We're not disconnected from what's going on. So for us, it's easy to go in the studio and do this because we connected with our community. We back home. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So right now, I can just tell y'all, Y'all gonna be in for a treat when this new Goody Mob album comes. We're looking forward to this new Goody Mob album. Once again, we're live on Facebook.com slash Boom Bap Nation. I'm your host, Infamous Amadeus. We have the legendary Goody Mob in the building. Timo, final question. When it's all, first of all, round of applause for that fitted hat, that Atlanta fitted hat, the ATL. Um, I, I have over 400 hats. I have over 400 hats. I'm an avid collector, like literally almost addicted to fitted hats and uh, MLB. Um, memorabilia um, but listen when it's all said and done and, and each one of you can answer this question what do you want the legacy of Dungeon Family Goody Mob and individually for to be in hip hop I just want people to really know that we were the first from the south to do it like we did it you know what I mean I want people to understand that we were the grassroots of hip hop you know for our, our side of the country and um, we, we work hard to raise the flag as high as it is right now. We're part of their history. We're part of our history. We're part of the foundation of this whole of, of this whole Southern movement, this whole Southwest Atlanta, uh, East Point, College Park, mm-hmm. Decatur movement, man. It, it really started right here, you know, with us. And it, it feels good. And as long as people never forget that, man, just remember us for making great music and getting out, bringing it harder than anybody ever. Could see it, man. We I feel like we were the best on the stage, man. And I won't want to just be remembered for that. Just be remembered for being a hard worker and for loving the music, loving the culture. Mm-hmm. Eight time. Cool Joe. Final thoughts. Le- the, the legacy of Goody Mob when it's all said and done individually as well. Man, the legacy of Goody Mob, man. Oh man. Uh I mean, Timo, you said it, you said it great, man. Um I'm I'm just glad that man, we um that we worked hard, man. We worked hard, man, to to get to where we are today, man. I mean, I mean, we face discrimination in the South, man, against against black, against white. But I'm talking about when it was the South against everybody. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That was an accomplishment, man. I mean, going up to New York and getting booed by New York. I mean, that was tough love. We ain't cry about it. We came back again and just really murked New York or whatever, but. It was just, man, you know, just having some um, having some comrades with me, man, just to really go up there and just battle that thing like that, man. It was it was fun, bro. It was fun representing Atlanta, man, going out on the road with Goody Mob, bro, just cause doing our thing because it was always real because we had to pretend, man. We had to make up nothing. All we had to do was just say our, our raps. And if they didn't clap or if they booed us or not, man, we got through that show, man. We accomplished one thing, man. It's on to the next city. So I definitely commend Goody Mob for the strength 
man, for the resilience, man, for the tenacity, and just for the uh, audacity, bro. Just for the audacity, man, to get up here and just go against the grain, bro. Yeah. I love that. I love that you said audacity because audacity. I, I, the reason why he say audacity because we had the audacity, bro. And mm-hmm. really, if you look at it, the tree. If you look at the Dungeon Family tree, every style comes from us. Mm-hmm. We created every style that's prevalent right now, mm-hmm. from the clothes, mm-hmm. from doing what you want to do, from singing. That's everything. The Dungeon Family did. All these kids listen to Dungeon Family Outcast. So for us, like to be here at the end of at, at the age I am, and still just getting the love, and still can understand, I can still go in the studio with these young cats and still eat them if they want some. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I know their vocabulary ain't that tech, that good. So it's like for me, it's like I just want everybody to understand that when it comes to Atlanta. The tree starts with us. Everything comes from us. Every style was born from us. Every, every, every audacity, every strange young thug, every strange little Uzi Burt, bro, that was gifting 3,000. We mm. did it for you. We did it before you even tried to do it. Got laughed at and didn't. But at the same time, I knew that Goody Mob had always had something special. With all, all people always seeing us on stage together, we give you four different looks. Four different tongues, and it's a show every time. Mm-hmm. So that's the only thing, man. I just want to go. I want to go out like this. I rather live on my feet. That I, I rather live on my feet than 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 live on my knees. And right now, the good in my middle, You know what I mean? Round of applause. And, and they may have been laughing in the 90s, but they are not laughing now in 2020. So, fellas, a real quick social media. And when are we expecting this new Goody Mob album and, of course, solo projects that you may, you guys may have? The new single, the new single what? The new single, what y'all think? Two, three weeks? Yeah, yeah. Two, three weeks for the new single. Right. Goody Mob single. And then solo projects as well? God damn it, Timo out right now on all platforms. Stop my record on all platforms. Let's go. Round of applause. Instagram, Timo Goody. Uh, check me out on Timo Goody Twitter. All that. Underscore. Timo underscore. Timo Goody. I forgot. It's up there. <laughs> it come to get out there. Timo video YouTube, man. Check the videos out. That, that, that's that Jim Bean kicking in. Hey. Oh, man, I'm having that Jim Bean, man, like an OG pro, bro. <laughs> He's drinking the whole like, bottle. He's going in. You said that. I'm going to go and take another little spin. Look, there you go. Look, look. Round of applause for that guy. Going in. Hey, man. Hey, y'all. Hey. I'm on IG, man, at K-H-U-J-G-O-O-D-I-E. Just dropped a new album, too. It's called Feed the Lions, Volume Two, and it's um, showcasing independent um, artists along with uh, Big uh, Big Gilp on there. No, I'm sorry, yeah, Timo on there. I got Snoop Dogg on that thing, man. I got Big Rube on that thing. Check it out. It's called Feed the Lions, Volume Two. Holler at me on uh, IG, man. Five Five the List merch. We on deck, man. With everything, man. Y'all come highlight your folk, man. Hit me up in the bio. Gip, got any new joints coming out? I think we lost him. He's there. He's like frozen. What I got? You got oh, there you oh. go. Oh. Can y'all hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Yeah. 
okay, all right. So uh, I got a new record out, me and Bum B. Uh, uh, the time is right with Toe Cars. I got another record called uh, what? Ain't worried. Yeah. Uh, I got a new album with Dad Dillinger. That's out. Uh, give everywhere, man. Where we would just go type in Give Goody. Give Goody. Give Goody. You can find me. Uh, uh, Goody Bob, uh, round of applause for you guys uh, Joining me here on the Infamous Hour Boom Bap Nation, I'm your host, the Infamous Amadeus Make sure you uh, tune in to the Infamous Hour Live here on Facebook, Roll Cool Every single Thursday at 9pm for Labor Day We're going to do something different, we're going to have an a R&B vibe, I got the legendary Tony Sunshine From the Bronx, and I have a special guest R&B artist, the week after that we have Mac 10 and Sugar Free, if you don't know who Sugar Free is, you need to go actually Go in the catalog, and uh, you can listen to all the Episodes of, of the Infamous Hour Live Cool G Rap, Onyx uh, Naughty by Nature But um, Goody Mob uh, Thanks for coming Because our goal here Is to open up the map A little bit We've been doing a lot Of East Coast artists I had Capone And this But uh, you guys were, were the first from the south And I really appreciate You guys coming here Make sure every single Thursday 9pm The Infamous Hour Hosted by the Infamous Amadeus Here on Boom Bat Nation A special uh, shout out To our sponsor Livecast uh, See you next week Peace and blessings And stay COVID-19 free